Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com slash s slash Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Exurgat Deus disipentur inimici eius et fugiancio derendeu ma facia eius. Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let all those who hate him flee from before his face. You know, it's been very interesting as uh, the news has been very um, cyclical. Uh, basically going over, you know, pretty much the same three things. The raid at Mar-a-Lago, the IRS increasing 87,000 agents, and various improprieties and quote-unquote whataboutisms that have to do with the entire debacle that has been the United States government this week. <sighs> I wish that I had a significant amount of new information, some new things to add to the paradigm, to kind of bring this more in focus. Instead, what it looks like is we're looking at the decline of the West this week. And it, for, for the foreseeable future, we will be looking at the decline of the West. What did come to my attention earlier today was a certain amount of pushback against the Green New Deal Build Back Better World Economic Forum push with regards to the aviation industry. And so <clears throat> I think I'm gonna focus on that because the aviation industry, a lot of people don't understand, is vital to the continued working of the supply system, of transit in general, of the of freedom of mobility, and ultimately the continued prosperity and thriving, not just of the United States, but of the entire world. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangela, defende nos in proelio, contra nequitiam et insidias, diaboli est o praesidium. Imperetili Deus, supplicas de precamor, duque princeps militae calestis, satana maliosque spiritus malignos, que ad perditionem animarum, pervegantur in mundo, divina virtute, in infernum de trude. 
Amen. Cordiesus Sacratissimum Miserere Nobis, Mater Dolorosa, Ora Pro Nobis, Sancto Joseph Cupertinus, Ora Pro Nobis, Beatus Carolus Domo Austriae, Ora Pro Nobis, Domine, ostende facem tuum et salvi erimus, Ave Maria Purissima, Immaculata Conceptio Est, in nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti, Amen. <clears throat> I don't know if St. Joseph Cupertino is the patron of aviators. I think he should be, seeing as how he was the flying monk. <clears throat> Plus, I mean, when you read his story, it's truly, truly remarkable. The aviation industry has begun to push back in a very, very soft way against the World Economic Forum's push to green everything. And the source here is actually directly from a video published on the 14th of August from the World Economic Forum about aviation and its continued growth in the sustainable development, etc., blah, 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 all that crap. Now, for those of you who are unaware, the aviation industry is basically the canary in the coal mine. What does that mean? That means, well, okay. I work on regional jets, um, CRJ 200, 700, 900, Embraer 135, 145, uh, de Havilland 8s and Q400s, um, mid-range regional aircraft. Um, in that class, you get the Dorniers and you get the, like the Dornier 328 turbo, like you get turboprops and did the puddle jumper type airplanes. <clears throat> in a few hours, an Embraer 145 can burn 10,000 pounds of fuel or roughly 5,000 kilograms of fuel, um, resulting in carbon emissions and all that other stuff, the, the stuff that everybody is screaming about um, to a magnificent degree. Now, mind you, I say the, Embra the Embraer because in the regional jet category also is a lot of corporate jets, a lot of private jets. Um, you get this, that's where you get your, your challengers and your citations, your, your Cessna, like your Cessna challenger, your Cessna citations, you get your Gulf streams and, and your Lear jets and all of that. All of those are basically kind of crammed in to the same category of aircraft. Why is this important? This is also when people are talking about private jets, these are the type of jets that they're talking about. You know, everybody's like everyone who's advocating for carbon emission restrictions. These are the very jets that they fly around the world on. These are them that are putting out tens of thousands of pounds of exhaust in order to travel quickly from one place to another. Now, I heard it said, and of course, I believe this myself, that if congressmen and politicians and advocates and actors, etc., if they really wanted, if they really believed the crap that they're spewing, 
they would lead. They would take trains. They would take boats. Not private yachts, not mega super yachts, but they would actually take boats, like mass transit type things. They would fly commercial instead of, instead of on a private jet. They, you know, they would buy a ticket and they would stand in line just like everybody else. And they would curb the number of times that they flew from, say, Los Angeles or Washington, D.C. or San Francisco to places like Davos. You know, you simply would not go to these places in the first place if you really believed the garbage that you were spewing. Of course, they don't believe the garbage that they're spewing, so they get in an aircraft that has roughly 10,000 pounds of fuel on it, burns through that 10,000 pounds, refuels, burns through another 10,000 pounds, refuels, burns through another 10,000 pounds, just so that they could arrive someplace quickly. Or you get some people whose private jets are truly crazy and off the wall, and here's looking at you, Donald Trump. That 757, that, he, that seven, I think it's a 757 that is Trump Force One that he's, been, that he's been working on. And I don't begrudge him working on it. Truly, I don't. But, you, but he's not the only one with jets of that caliber. John Travolta. Now, John Travolta's not really, a, really big in the green uh, movement. John Travolta has an airport at his home where he has aircraft ranging from small little from small little uh, uh, monoplanes with single single engine aircraft to a 747, which to his credit, when Haiti had that natural disaster a couple of years back, he donated the use of his 747 to transport tens of thousands of pounds of relief supplies to the island nation for their help. So clearly, I do not. I'm an aircraft mechanic. I don't begrudge anybody who wants to own and fly and operate their own airplane. I don't at all. Not ever, ever. But when you're talking about these people who are trying to push all of this green agenda garbage, these people seem to forget that the very aircraft that they get on in order to fly to these events so that they can decry these so-called fossil fuels, and I'm going to call them so-called fossil fuels because they're not fossil fuels. This isn't the result of 25 million years of anything. They have literally shut off the tap on massive oil wells, massive oil fields, and within 10 years, those oil fields have been 90% replenished. 90% replenished. That is not a fossil fuel. That is an effect other than fossil... If, if it is fossil fuels, it's fossil fuels straight out of hell. And at least, as a Catholic, if it is fossil fuels straight out of hell, I can, I can at least say that the... Corporeal forms of damned souls are at least going to some kind of good use. Yes, that is a joke. For those of you who are like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he went there. <clears throat> don't think I don't know when I'm starting to tread on something that's maybe a little... Uh. <clears throat> 
But you don't get a replenishment of 90% from stuff that supposedly decayed 25 million years ago. You just don't. That's not a thing. Okay, so they're not fossil fuels. I will call them petrol. Because they are petroleum products. They are mineral products coming out of the earth, likely from some action having to do with the core of the earth and that molten hot whatever, which... I'm pretty sure is actually hell. No joke, we could actually literally be flying using the physical substance of the damned. Not even joking. That's not outside the realm of possibility. Which might be why the worm dieth not and the fire consumeth so. <clears throat> anyway, all of that really... Oh, now that I think about it, that really is in bad taste. Anyhow... <clears throat> Aviation is the canary in the coal mine because there's not an industry that uses more petrol more rapidly than aviation. It's the nature of the beast. Aircraft require a significant amount of fuel, especially when you're talking about jets and turboprops. You're talking about a huge amounts of fuel, tens of thousands of pounds. A 747 carries a massive amount of fuel, a huge amount of weight just in fuel. 40, 50, 40 or 50,000 pounds. To put that in perspective, it's, it, it's... A 747 can consume easily in one long flight the same amount of gasoline, uh, the same amount of diesel fuel that you can fit in an above ground swimming pool within hours. Now, do I believe that these machines need to be made more efficient? Yes, I do. Absolutely, without a doubt, unmistakably, yes, I do. But I believe that in service to what it is that we're really trying to do. What we're trying to do with aviation is to move about the world more rapidly, less expensively, using fewer overall resources. This always should be the principal focus of the aviation industry, is to be able to transport more for less. Any other focus, any other focus is degenerate both in a moral sense and in a practical sense from what the whole point behind aviation is in the first place. We want to be able to travel further using fewer resources, and this is always true. What these people in the green economy don't understand is that there is nothing, no thing more efficient than jet fuel when it comes to propelling a 70,000 pound object through the sky. Like 70,000 pounds, yes, 70,000 pounds. The average empty weight for these larger aircraft is right around 30, 35,000 pounds, and they carry 30 to 35,000 pounds of fuel. You are throwing objects that weigh 35 tons through the air for thousands of miles. It is 
by any historical stretch, magic. Okay? Aviation is magic. You're building a device that is allowing a human being to do a thing that is well beyond the normal ken of human beings. It is well beyond the normal ken of human beings to fly. It is well beyond the ken of human beings to be able to transport massive wood and metal and just massive supplies from one place to another. This is magic by definition. And what these people in the green in the green movement want to do is they want to kill the magic. They want to keep you where you're at. <laughs> they want to keep you where you're at so badly, they don't even want you to have... I mean, they've, by their own admission already, they don't even want you to have a horse and buggy. I mean, this whole thing about farmers and agriculture. Livestock. Hello? What is a horse? A horse is a livestock animal. So ultimately, you could try to dial it back. You can try to dial it back as far as you want, but the fact is, is these people don't even want you to be able to ride a horse. They want you to use their technology, they want you to use their devices, and they want you to surrender your ownership of any of those devices completely. And, and to this end, I will actually throw some shade at Elon Musk because he's already done this. A lot of people don't know that when you purchase a Tesla, say um, a Model 3, the most popular Tesla in, on the market right now. When you purchase a Tesla, unless you pay the maximum amount of money for the highest end version of the Tesla, which, it, which, which would be the plaid version of the Tesla, the one that goes ludicrous speed, you do not get the range, you do not get the speed or the performance out of the car. And this is kind of important to understand because there's no physical difference. There is no physical, mechanical difference between a $33,000 Tesla and a $123,000 Tesla. There's no physical difference. It is literally a difference in the programming that is unlocked. And for a lot of people who did not really figure this one out, when the, uh, there was a hurricane that passed through Florida not too long ago, several years back, where, where Elon Musk came out and he went and sent a software update to increase the vehicle's range to the maximum range so that people had the maximum ability to evacuate the area to get away from the hurricane. He uploaded a software update so that, so that the car that you purchased would get the maximum value during the time of that disaster. Think about that. You bought the car, if you bought the car, if you bought the car cash, then ostensibly you got the title of the car. You got the title of the car and you didn't even have full access to the physical property that you had. And nobody noticed this. There should have been lawsuits flying off the shelves. But nobody thought to ask. Nobody even looked at it. Now, I don't hold a grudge against Elon Musk at all. I really, truly, I don't. 
this was a flaw with the people, specifically with his customers, who did not notice, wait a minute, I have, I now have maximum range on this thing of 500, uh, 500 miles per charge, specifically so that I can get my happy behind out of Dodge and save my life. And rather than going, wait a minute, if this was actually available in the car, then why didn't I just hack the car? Because ostensibly you could just hack the car and get the maximum performance out of it. You can do that with a car. All of those things are possible with a car. You can't do that with an airplane. And while they're continuing to do battery research and trying to increase the energy density of the batteries in order to provide the maximum amount of power per kilogram of battery, the fact is it's going to be some time. The secondary fact is there are no guarantees that you're going to get the performance out of an electric airplane that you can get out of a jet airplane. You want to convince me that this is actually a plausible idea that we could eventually get ourselves off of petrol with aviation? Then I want you to show me an electric aircraft that can outperform an F-15. You know what? Let's not even go F-15. I want you to show me an electric aircraft that can outperform an A-4 Skyhawk. If you can outperform an A-4 Skyhawk, then we're cool. But you're not going to be able to do so. You can't. You get close, to be sure. No, and make no mistake about it. We will, we will eventually get close. And someday, we will cross the Rubicon or cross the Tiber into some immense, massive new technology while we're doing all this research. And we'll be able to actually outperform what currently is flying through the air today. Someday. The problem is, is these people want it done now. They want it done in the next seven years. <clears throat> and the thing that I found most bewildering was one of the senior officers of a Canadian energy corporation who was specifically saying that they needed government to intervene on their behalf to be able to make these things possible. Now, for those of you who are good old-fashioned Americans and know that the government, doesn't matter which government, the government can do nothing but manage to destroy anything that it puts its fingers on, automatically you should be stepping back looking going, wait a minute, hang on, just a second. You want the government's help. There is only one thing the government can do to help force the issue, and that is to ban the production, transport, sale, and supply of the fuel products that they are trying to replace. That is the only thing that the government can do. That's the only thing they can do. The government doesn't run an oil refinery. They don't run 
oil, oil wells. They don't run any industry whatsoever. Everything that the government has is designed to take something from you in order to provide ostensibly some kind of product or service that is usually not a product and not a service and is actually most of the time a tremendous disservice to you and yours. So the only thing that the government could do is make petrol illegal. They could say, okay, you're not allowed to produce this much petrol. You have to reduce your, your petrol production by this percentage, and you have to focus on the production over here. And, and in order to make sure that you can do that effectively, we're going to tax the daylights out of that, and we're going to provide you with subsidies for this crap over here. Now, in the United States, we saw this happen with Solyndra and various other quote-unquote sustainable energy companies that have been anything but sustainable and provided anything but energy. The fact that an the fact that an energy production company was saying we don't have the capacity to be able to make this transition on our own means only one thing. The people that we answer to who have decided that they were going to put money in our company so that we could exploit a product and provide that product to the public, the only way we can make them happy is if you come in and tell, is if you get involved and say that we as a company are no longer allowed to provide that product or service and therefore must switch over to this product or service over here because that is now no bueno. That is now illegal. This way, the company can look at and say to their investors, we're sorry, we didn't do this, the government did this, we just have to abide by the government standards. What they wanted to do was they want to pass the buck for their failing to be solvent to the government. And as I was listening to this conference, I'm going, you people don't want to take any responsibility. And the reason why you want the politicians to step in and force this is because you know good and well that if you try to do it yourselves, you're going to lose so much money, you're going to go out of bit, you're going to just go flat out of business. Period. If you try to do this without the government backing you up, you're going to run, you're going to run out of money and you're going to go out of business. And to protect yourself from that, you need the government to run past interference by saying, no, 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 no. You're simply not allowed to, to provide the more efficient product. <clears throat> now, why are we talking? This seems like a very materialistic thing. Well, as I said, aviation's a canary in the coal mine. I work in a, in a portion of the aviation industry where I know no matter what they do to the aviation industry, no matter what they do to petrol, no matter what they do to, about greenhouse gases and this, that, and the third, I know that where I'm at, I will be the last or among the last affected by their deleterious efforts. But to be sure, even I will eventually be affected by their deleterious efforts. All I've managed to do was put myself in a position where where I can watch the whole thing happen and I get some lead time before it happens to me. That's it. That's it. Which, by the way, 
<sighs> is the kind of planning you really should be doing. You know the crap's coming, you know it's about to hit the fan, and you put yourself in a position so that you have the lead time to avoid the worst of it. You start running from the beach as soon as the water pulls back the half a mile into the ocean. When you watch that water sink, just sweep all the way back into the depths of the ocean, and that joker, and that joker is way far away from your vision, you get the heck away. Because when the water comes back, you're dead. When that tsunami comes, you're done. It's over. That's a wrap. And all I did was provide myself the lead time to be able to watch the water recede before the deluge. That's it. It's good planning. It's not the best planning. The best planning would have been have my happy behind as a contemplative monk in a monastery far away from all this crap so I wouldn't even have to worry about it. And when I say far away from all this crap, America's got some remote locations where I could be in a monastery right freaking now. And the whole world can go haywire and I wouldn't even know it. That would have been the smartest move on my part. Unfortunately, as I, as I try to continually tell people, I'm not that smart. All I did was give myself some lead time. <clears throat> now, which part of the aviation industry is going hit, to get hit first? Well, that's a double. Because they're going to have to balance their tax exemption. Because here's, here's the thing. The only thing they can really do is they, if they make fuel too scarce, which admittedly they're trying to do, if they make fuel too scarce, then they run the risk of bringing the whole thing down, crashing like a house of cards in one stroke. Just like that. So they can't afford to make fuel too scarce. And they also have to figure out how the tax code's supposed to work, because if they target too broadly, then they're going to make the whole thing fall just like that. So they have to be kind of careful about how they balance this out. And they can't inflict the pain on their allies. So that means Leonardo DiCaprio, he still gets his private jet and his super mega yacht. Jeff Bezos still has his super yacht and his private jet. Nancy Pelosi, well, Nancy Pelosi flies around on the military's dime anyway, so I don't think she's got anything to worry about. But all of these really rich and popular and famous people, if they, if they affect them too early, then these people will start coming out and they'll be like, wait a minute, hang on, you guys are screwing us. The whole point behind being rich and famous is that you're insulated from whatever it is that the government does to the plebs. The whole point behind being rich and famous and powerful is so that you don't get swept up with the same nonsense that sweeps away the proletariat. <clears throat> so they have to target it. And they're going to cut out an exemption for, the cor for, for corporate, for the high-end corporate, corporate class. And they're going to carve out something for the people who own private jets and business jets. That carve-out is going to happen. The question is, are they going to also do the carve-out for major shipping companies? Companies like DHL that fly giant airplanes to transport huge amounts of, of cargo all over the world. My guess is 
probably not. Or I should say, it'll be not quite as bad for them as it's gonna be for everybody else. Who's the everybody else? The everybody else are the people who go on Expedia.com or Priceline or Hotels.com or wherever, and you try to, or even on the airline websites, and you order and you and you place your your ticket orders online, and you go and you do your electronic check thing when you get to the airport, and you get felt up by the TSA screener, and you get and you get to stand in line and be generally aggravated, showing up an hour and a half, two hours early to fly on a forty-five minute flight. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. The target is you. Now, for those of you who think, oh, well, they'd never do that. Really? Because the target was you with the IRS. You don't think they hired 87,000 people that they're in the process, or excuse me, they haven't done it yet, but they're in the process of hiring, getting ready to to pass the bill that makes it so that next year they hire 87,000 new agents. There are only 800 billionaires in America. A heavy tax tax audit for them is probably going to involve four or five agents. And if you go after a billionaire, you know he's got money for good lawyers. He's not going he's not going after the schleps. He's gonna have the lawyers, he's gonna have the lawyers that are gonna make you drinking from a make you drink your breakfast from a sippy cup for the rest of your life if you cross him. Those are not the people that the IRS wants to tangle with. The people the IRS wants to tangle with are the people who can't afford a good lawyer, who go to these 1-800-TAXMASTER places that are populated by former IRS agents 
who are going to give you bad information and show you the best way to cop out so that it feels like you actually got lubricated before you got bent over the table and raped. So what does that mean for aviation? That means, dear family, you're not getting on your little crappy United Airlines flight. You're not flying JetBlue. You're probably not even going to get to fly Southwest. And I like Southwest because they're actually good to their employees, their mechanics, their flight crew, as well as good to their customers. Because they actually don't believe that the customer is always right, but that the customer is definitely right enough. But he's not going to be but the customer's not going to be more right than the pilot, the co-pilot, the flight attendant, or the mechanic. For those of you who don't know, Southwest is by far the best aviation cut. Like if you're if you're going to go big and commercial and you're a mechanic, Southwest is the company you want to work for. Those are the ones who actually care about their employees. All the rest of them can go pound sand. I've done work with SkyWest and some of the other ones and you know, they're kind of okay-ish. Ish. But you could tell about a you could tell a lot about a company by how stupidly they handle the MROs that do their heavy heavy maintenance. And SkyWest and Mesa. Well, SkyWest isn't as bad as Mesa, but Mesa's horrifying. And if you've never heard of Mesa, it's because they fly under other banners like American Eagle or United Express. Because they fly other airplanes that United United barely flies any of its own aircraft. Most United aircraft are actually operated by like Air Wisconsin, SkyWest, or somebody else. You can't tell. The big logo on the side of the plane is the logo that everybody seems to trust. United, Continental, Delta, American. But the fact is, is they're not operated by those people. That's just... You, it's more genuine to go to a local McDonald's than it is to go and board a United Airlines aircraft. United Airlines aircraft, because United Airlines doesn't really operate their own airplanes. They do some of their own airplanes. Likewise, the same with I mean, United Airlines. Their regional jets are usually handled by Star Alliance. Bet you never heard of them. Rightly so. They don't want you to hear of them because you don't because people don't trust. Small, and this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. People don't trust small names. United, one of the crappiest airlines ever, has more trust than SkyWest. SkyWest, who's actually a decent operator, they're just, you know, they're, they're complicated in the company structure. But they're a decent operator. But nobody's flying around on a SkyWest airplane. Because nobody would fly around on a SkyWest airplane. They fly around on American. They fly around on Delta. They fly around on United. Completely unaware that they're actually flying on Air Wisconsin, SkyWest, Mesa. <laughs> Whatever. Is what it is. Anyway, I digress. I didn't mean to get all off on that one. But the bottom line is, is those are the airlines. By the way, the Mesas, the SkyWests, um, those are the airlines. The Star Alliance, 
Air Wisconsin. Those are the airlines that are actually going to get hit first. Those are the ones. The ones taking you from Cleveland to Chicago, the ones taking you from Chicago to Philadelphia, the ones taking you from Denver to Dallas, or Seattle to San Francisco, those are the airlines that are going to get hit first. And then supplementally, Alaskan, Southwest, United, Delta, American, Sky Blue, or Sky, Jet Blue, excuse me. <clears throat> those will all get hit subsequently. Jet Blue, I think, will end up going out of business in the next couple of years. I'll be, I will be amazed if Jet Blue stay, hangs around. They just stood up a new air, airline down in, uh, based out of California. Them jokers are going the way of the dodo. Don't even bother learning their name. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. They're going the way of the dodo. There's no way they're going to survive. The airlines that are going to survive are going to be the JSXs and the XOs. They're going to be they're going to be the the corporate charters, the business jets. They're going to be basically the corporate Uber service for aviation. For people who have three-letter job titles, you know, like CEO, CFO, you know, the senior vice presidents. Those are going to be the companies that manage to stay in business. Everybody else, take a hike. You're not even going to be allowed to fly. That's why they've made it so uncomfortable. Think about this. What did they do during... Okay, in the, after, in the aftermath of 9-11, what did they do? They basically, put into, they basically put into place, over the course of like five to seven years, strip searches. I mean, maybe not an actual physical strip search, thanks be to God, but close enough with, with that low-yield x-ray crap that can literally render you naked under your clothes so they can check to see if you have anything on your body. That thing that you stand on when you put your feet and you spread your feet out so much and you hold your hands up and you hold your hands up with your palms open above your head? Yeah, that machine. That machine that basically strips you naked with x-rays so that, th so that they can tell whether or not you're carrying something. Oh, sir, we got a check. You seem to have a bulge. Oh my goodness, that miraculous metal seems to be taking up a whole lot of space under your shirt. What is that? Pardon me, ma'am, come over here and step over with this female officer who's going who's gonna to put her hands up your skirt. By the way, best way to get around all that extra search, wear a kilt. If you're a dude, wear a t-shirt and a kilt and a pair of like Vibram Five Fingers or barefoot running shoes. You will not get stopped. They will not search you. They're not even going to want to put their hands on you because they don't even want to find out if you are wearing the kilt regimental. How did I find this out? In my time in the military, I was pulled aside for every single additional search, except on the flight when I wore a kilt. Kilt wearing should be required for for a fly, for commercial flying in the United States of America. <clears throat> Anyhow, 
What did they do over the last 20 years, 22 years? The additional searches, the take off your shoes and your belt, the do this and that and the other. Stand here, put your left foot in, take your left foot out. Get this extra ID, your, your what is it, your real ID. Get this and that and the other. Get the ID with the microchip and the, and the, and the laser sketch and this and that and the other. Then COVID comes around and wear the mask, don't wear the mask, wear the mask, wear two masks. They've been progressively trying to make aviation just flying around the country and around the world worse. They've been doing this on purpose. Their whole intent has been to be able to control whether or not you get to go on vacation with grandma, travel back to the old country, for those of you who are maybe first or second generation immigrants, stop you from being able to leave, from being able to go from place to place. Why? Because if you're flying to Europe on a 10-day vacation, what are you not doing? You're not sitting in your cubicle working. If you're down in Costa Rica on a family reunion, what are you not doing? You're not in your Amazon warehouse sweating to death waiting for the next tornado to swipe to sweep up the warehouse and knock you into the next life. So pay very close attention to aviation over the next couple of years because most of the airlines are suffering. Most of the airlines are only getting by because they got paid in with the right politicians to make sure that they got government subsidies to cover the fact that most of them are actually going out of business. I did an episode where I talked about UK fires. UK fires, that's U-K-F-I-R-E-S dot O-R-G. UKfires.org. You can go there, you can read the documents, you can see exactly what it is that they intend for the aviation industry. And it's for the United Kingdom, to be sure. Oh, Caleb, they're just trying to do that in the UK. They'd never try to do it here. Yeah, right, because the farmers in Holland weren't immediately answered by the farmers in Italy and the farmers in France and the farmers in Germany and the farmers in Canada. Soon to be followed by the farmers in the United States of America. Come on. They've said it in their own words. They want to move everything to that quote-unquote sustainable development. Well, aviation is already as sustainable as it gets. Unless somebody chews up some pixie dust and farts out some new form of aviation fuel, which, by the way, their only answer to to quote-unquote fossil fuels, their only answer to petrol is more petrol that comes from farms rather than the stuff that comes out of the ground. Well, dear family, if you're developing all of your petrol products from farmland, where are you getting your food? And that's the reason why I don't call them fossil fuels. Because just because they come out of the ground doesn't mean that it's from fossils. We're not talking about dinosaurs. That's some bullcrap Darwinistic evolutionary garbage. It is not fossil fuels. It is subterranean petrol. It is underground petrol products provided by the earth. 
We've been running on petrol products for 100 years. Dear family, we have been industrially running on petrol products for 100 years. Petrol products are in the phone or the computer that you're listening to me on right now. They're in the car, they're in the car that you drive, not just the fuel tank. The fuel tank for the car of your, the, for the car that you drive is also made of petrol. The tires are made of petrol. Your seats are made of petrol. The paint is made of petrol. The dashboard is made of petrol. The paint to your house is made of petrol. The paint on your house. Every, pl- every piece of plastic in your house is made of petrol. If it's fiberglass resin, petrol. And I mean fiber- the resin, not the fiberglass itself. The fiberglass itself is, in fact, glass. Depending on the- Actually, depending on the type. Because if it's aramid fiber, it's petrol. Those fake wooden those fake wooden picture frames that you have hanging up in your house are made of petrol. If it's plastic in any way, shape, or form, if it's a polymer, polyurethane, polystyrene, polypropylene, it is petrol. If it's an if it's an enamel, if it's turpentine, if it's toluene, methyl ethyl ketone, it's petrol. The vast majority of the products that you have in your house are on some level, some way, shape, or form, unless it is all natural cotton fiber, hemp fiber, or wool fiber, probably has petrol in its, either in its development, in its final manufacture, in its casing, in whatever. You are not getting away from petrol products. Not ever. Nearly every component inside an airplane that is powered by petrol is also made of petrol. The carpet you're walking on is made of petrol. The linoleum in your bathroom is made of petrol. Now you may not have linoleum in your house and God and you know and God bless you for that. But the grout that goes in between your tiles is petrol. You work with glue, most of those glues, petrol. Laminates, petrol. I could run down, actually I could continue to run down the list. I think I've, I think I've beaten that horse to death twice, just in this rant. You're not getting away from petrol products anytime soon. Not ever. Not for energy. Not ever. I find it entertaining that everybody's like, well, what about the coal mines and this, that, and the other? Bro, you can make coal in your backyard. You can actually make gasoline in your backyard. Gasoline. We're not, ta- we're not talking about biofuels in the traditional biofuel sense. I'm talking about petrol products, natural gas, propane gasoline, diesel fuel, not just biodiesel, diesel fuel. It's how plentiful this stuff is. You could compost your trash and extract petrol from it. 
you will never get a better fuel source, except maybe nuclear power. And I will tell you what the ideal situation is. So if it's a house, if it's a solid, permanent, non-moving structure, there's no reason why it shouldn't be powered by nuclear power. People are like, oh, we want, you want to get rid of the coal plants. I don't care one way or the other about coal plants. I don't. You can get rid of every coal plant in America, just replace that coal plant with a nuclear power plant. You want natural gas plants? Cool, that's cool too. I'm okay with that. You want to get rid of coal power? That's fine. Replace everything that burns coal with nuclear power. Done. Green. You've just reduced quote-unquote emissions by ridiculous amounts. Oh, but what about the danger? What about the danger? We have not had an accident that put anyone's lives in danger except for some retards who decided to build a nuclear power plant on an earthquake fault. Which wasn't even a real danger until we set, until somebody was like, hey, we should do something about that. Wasn't a real danger. It was mostly hype. Oh, what about Three Mile Island? What about Three Mile Island? Nobody died. Nobody was even in danger of dying. Nobody got sick. Nobody even got contaminated for Three Mile Island. What about Chernobyl? Well, Chernobyl's a little bit different. I mean, it was the Soviets. I mean, it, it, like seriously, you're talking like tofu projects in, in China where you could just grab the piece of concrete and just pull chunks off with your bare hands. Like, come on, it's the Soviets. But they don't want to build nuclear power plants because nuclear power plants are actually a solution. Ridiculous when you think about it. You, now, you run the whole, you run most of the most of the United States off your nuclear power, and you and you want to do electric cars, cool, as a supplemental to gas cars, because oh hey, by the way, if you live in states like Minnesota, or Michigan, or North Dakota, or Montana, you go ahead and buy that electric car, but you better have a garage. Because if you don't have a garage, as soon as the temperature drops below south of minus 10, your car is not going anywhere. Where are you going? Nowhere. Because it is just too cold for the electrical charge. So what are you going to do? You're going to walk to work in minus 20? You're going to ride a bicycle to work in minus 20? Or you're going to stay home and blow up the economy because you're not actually at work. It doesn't matter what you do, you're not putting a nuclear power plant on an airplane. One, nobody's going to let that happen. That's as dumb as putting a nuclear power plant on an earthquake fault. It's dumber, actually, because earthquake faults don't fall out of the sky and scatter themselves across the countryside. But airplanes, on occasion, no matter how rare those occasions are, on occasion, they do. So you're not putting a nuclear power plant in an airplane. So where are you going to get the energy to run these electric jets? You're going to plug them in? I'd love to see that. 
the airline industry tried to push back and say, hey, if we try to do these other um, sustainable fuels, sustainable aviation fuels, SAF, S-A-F, if we try to do these things and we're going to find ourselves in competition with food, why? Because the only idea that these people have for sustainable aviation fuels is biofuels that come from farmland. Let me say this again. An Embraer 135, a 30-something passenger airplane, a very small airplane, has a fuel capacity of 10,500 pounds. Five tons. And if you try to do that with biofuels, in order to make one ton of biodiesel, which by the way, airplanes would run on diesel fuel. That's not, that's not the issue. It'd run on biodiesel. That's not the issue. You could run an airplane on alcohol. It's not the issue. The issue is, is that in order to make five tons of biofuel, you need something to the tune of one or 200 acres of farmland for one airplane, for one flight. For one flight of one airplane, you would need to harvest from uh, something to the tune of like 100, 150 acres of land. How many people could you feed harvesting the food from 150 acres of land? And instead of feeding the people, you're putting it in a jet engine. Does that sound like sustainable aviation fuel? Or does that sound like some wicked ass pipe dream? Now I'm hoping they figure out the hydrogen thing, but I will tell you some things that I know about hydrogen and some things that I know about jets is that we're gonna have to completely redesign jets as we know them because hydrogen doesn't burn, it booms. Hydrogen is a concussive explosion. It's nice because it's not hot, but it's not nice because it is very, very physically stressful when it goes. And you could do hydrogen because you could do hydrogen from water. But nobody ever talks about getting hydrogen from water. Where do they talk about getting hydrogen from? Dear family, I want you to just think about this for a minute. All of the hydrogen fuel processing centers, what do they use? as their baseline in order to get the hydrogen. If you raised your hand and said petrol, you would be correct. Let me say that again. If you raised your hand and said that they get hydrogen from petrol, you would be correct. So what is their clue for, so what is their secret to getting hydrogen for hydrogen fuel cells? Well, think about it. If you can't get the oil out of the ground anymore, if you can't pull the petrol from below ground anymore, where are you going to get the petrol from? If you raised your hand this time and said farms, you would be correct. Both of those are dr tremendously destructive to the food supply. Kind of an important piece of information to have, 
when you're trying to figure out, oh, well, what direction should we go in? Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Mother of Sorrows, have mercy on us. Pray for us and illuminate us that we don't get drugged down this idiotic, suicidal path. And to be sure, it's going to happen with cars. The states that are on board with this garbage can regulate cars much more quickly than the federal government can regulate aviation. First off, because aviation likes to pay people off. And this is one of the few times where I look, at, I look at our format of government and I go, maybe this isn't the worst idea because you're going to have SkyWest and you're going to have Delta Airlines and you're going to have United and American Airlines and they're going to be trying to pay these people off to keep them from pushing this ridiculousness that they're going to push anyway. And thank goodness we have that in place to try and keep these corrupt people from actually doing something that's going to really hurt us. But they're not going to stop because most of these people are committed, meaning they should be in straitjackets like you read about, because these people are insane. They can't put all of these things together because they don't understand how these systems work. They've never walked through any of these industries. They've never been on a decent tour of any of this stuff. For them, all of this stuff is literally magic. Somebody eats a whole crap ton of fairy dust sprinkled all over their Fruit Loops and they fart out aircraft pl flight. For them, that's as far as it goes. The, all, you put the cart, you put the plastic, you put the piece of plastic in the machine, you squeeze the trigger, you, you, you put the pistol thing in the back of the tank, you squeeze the trigger, you put the plastic in the machine, and boom, you can still drive. And that's as far as they know. They don't understand how it comes out of the ground. They don't stand, understand how it's processed. They don't understand how it's brought to market. They don't understand how it's used. They don't understand the phenomenal forces that you're messing with just in trying to change the fuel source for an airplane to something new. Right now, the battery time that you get from electric airplanes is 30 minutes. 30 minutes and your electric airplane thing, whatever it is, is coming crashing out of the sky. And it doesn't matter if you're flying a drone, you know, one of the little quadcopter dealies that you got from D DJI Magic. It doesn't matter if you're flying one of them. It doesn't matter if you're doing the Jetson automobile thing or you're doing the electric Uber flight thing that Amazon's, uh, I think it's Amazon, one of them companies is trying to, is trying to break into doesn't matter what it is. You get 30 minutes of flight and then you have to put the battery on a charger. And it's going to be sitting there for a hot minute. <clears throat> because I will tell you that electrical, electrical to mechanical movement is the least efficient energy transformation ever. We can do some amazing things with electricity, but it is but transitioning from electrical power to mechanical motion is the least efficient transition ever. It is significantly more efficient from a chemical reaction to a mechanical motion. And we've known this for a hundred years. 
Dear family, how long has the car been around? Since the 1890s, the gasoline engine has been in existence. Insane. Petrol has been the principal source. And don't get me wrong. There's problems with petrol. But not like the problems with lithium. Take a moment when you're done listening to this, or even while I'm still talking, and I want you to Google, actually don't Google, turn on your VPN, whatever VPN you got running, and do a DuckDuckGo or a Brave search for lithium leach fields. Lithium leach fields. And you tell me what's more dangerous. When you read the article and you find out that if a bird actually lands in a leech field and stays in the area for more than a couple of minutes, it's dead from neurological failure. Lithium leech field. These things obliterate life. And you're going to tell me that that is somehow better than fracking and and, and quote-unquote fossil fuels, petrol. You are out of your mind. You've lost it, and you should be in a straitjacket. From the flags you see waving on Independence Day to the signs that you see in BLM protests... To the clothing that you wear, that the protesters wear, that that cops wear. To the colors that decorate your house and your cars. To 70% of the components in your cars and that little plastic device that you keep in your pocket. Your entire life, your almost your entire life, everything with your life. is directly related to a petrol product in one way, shape, or form. And if you want proof, you can email me, Caleb at RadioFreeCatholic.com and you can send me a picture or a description of what it is that you're thinking of. And I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, I can point to what it is that's plastic and in how many ways it's plastic and, and if it's plastic at all, plastic polymer in any way, shape, or form, then you're dealing with something that is a fossil fuel. And if you take any kind of medication, the vast majority of the components that go into that medication come out of the ground as petrol products. Any kind of medication. With, with very few exceptions. I think Goody's headache powder is pretty much the only exception because they don't do anything to make it a capsule. There are petrol products in every household. Petrol products are the reason why we have been as comfortable as we have been over the last over the last several hundred actually over the last couple hundred years. Anyway. 
I hope you had the opportunity to catch the ad-free version of the show. In order to do that, you go to plus.acast.com forward slash s forward slash Radio Free Catholic. The link is in the description as you're listening to this episode. You can actually find it there. It's the plus.acast.com. That one, for a dollar a month, you can get rid of the ads. Wouldn't that be nice? I didn't realize how obnoxious those ads were until until somebody started emailing me, and then I went back and looked, and I'm like, oh, goodness gracious, what have I done? You don't have to. You can continue to deal, be with, deal with the annoyances, but I can guarantee you, come June... And probably right around the 10th of October, you're going to wish that you got rid of that you got rid of the ads. These people are horrifyingly evil on every like <clears throat> I don't have anything in particular against any of the advertisers, the paid advertisers um, specifically. You know, I'm not a huge fan of Goldman Sachs. <clears throat> but you <laughs> but if you have the opportunity and you can spare the extra dollar a month that's all, like, legit, that's all you gotta, that's it. It's the whole cost. I don't do enough premium content to really justify premium content, like, where I would have other things. Um, but if you also want, you can support the show via the other link in the description, um, which I believe is, uh, I don't remember. Anyway, you can also subscribe, you can also just, you know, become a subscriber and occasionally catch an email Mostly it's going to be talking, at least for the foreseeable, it's going to be, um, I don't do a whole lot of blogging or anything like that. You're not going to get a whole lot of emails from me if you subscribe at RadioFreeCatholic.com. But you can also listen to the show directly from that website and all that. There's a few other things I've been slowly trying, I've finally been trying to put into place to make this a little bit more of a comprehensive deal. Anyway. If you made it, an hour and seven minutes into the episode. Thank you. I hope this wasn't too terribly boring, uh, especially given this is actually a, a topic that I'm personally passionate about because I am an aircraft mechanic. This is my job, is fixing airplanes so that they continue to fly. And so when any, whenever I see an attack on the aviation industry, it is, in fact, a personal attack on me, but it's also an attack on some of the most magical stuff that human beings have been able to pull in the last 100 years. So while this is much more material than I would normally go into, uh, it is a topic near and dear to my heart. Pray for the church, pray for the nation, and figure out where it is you can position yourself to manage to maybe try and dodge out of the more bad things that are coming down the pike. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. 
Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.